This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Thank you, thank you very much for coming. Very much appreciated. So I'm going to give quasi a share um, and talk a little bit about BCA because everybody thinks that to be a superstar, to make a difference in the Jewish world, you got to come from a superstar family. And this, the Rus, which Rus was called Anna Malchus, which means the mother of Kleistrel's Malchus. Okay, so that's a very huge. Well, this is not going to work. This way, hold on. <laughs> so, Emma Malchus means she was the mother of all Malchus in Klai Yisrael. Domina Melech, great grandmother, and Mashiach comes from Rus. I think I'd like to explain a moment where Rus comes from so that you all understand, and that every single Jewish girl has a chance to be the mother of Mashiach, Emma Malchus. I don't have a chance of being Mashiach. No chance. Because I'm a Kohen. And Mashiach comes from the Sheva Yehuda. So I'm not going to even look in the mirror ever and think like, maybe you're Mashiach. It's not happening. But every woman, right, could be, because Shvatim go by the man, could be the mother of Mashiach. But you need to understand the power and holiness of a woman's, a Jewish woman's soul. I want to tell you a story First year, I, I talk about it a lot, but I think it's very important. First year BCA. That's 13 years ago. Okay? We opened up 13 years ago, and everybody said, it's not going to happen, it's not going to work. There was, uh, there was Gamlo, lasted for two years. There was Priority One, lasted, they actually were here in the five towns. Also, also lasted for two years, and they said, it's just not going to work. There was you want to try, you can try, but it's not going to last more than two years. Baruch Hashem, we're by mitzvah this year. It's our 13th year. So, thank you. So, I finally made some time for my grandchildren and decided to take them ice skating. And we're ice skating, and this guy comes over to me. His name is Louis Wells, worked for the Jewish board. He says, you're Wallerstein, aren't you? I'm like, yeah. Um, he said, you know, the Jewish board, we deal with girls that, um, that are in therapy. It's, it's an it's, it's a organization that has therapists and psychiatrists. He said, but we're having a very big problem because the girls in the streets of Brooklyn, they, they stay up till 4 o'clock in the morning, and then they sleep till 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And there's so much dysfunction and so much trauma that we're really spinning our wheels. We're not, we're not getting anywhere. But if you would open a high school for them, that would be amazing. I'm like, listen, I don't know who you are, I have two seminaries. I have a business, Baruch Hashem, and a family. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a teacher. Uh, I really, my plate's pretty full. So but you know what? My father used to say, when your plate's full, get a bigger plate. So I said, okay, here's the deal. Ice skating rink. Here's the deal. You give me a, a floor in your building, you have a beautiful building on Quentin. Give me a floor in your building. And you give me therapists for each girl. I'll put together the kids in the street. I know them. I'll put together the staff. And let's do it. So he said, okay, I'm going to go back. I'm going to let you know. I came home. I came to my office. And I said to my staff, uh, I just met somebody. They're like, uh-oh. 
What did he want? I said, he wants to open a high school. They said, no, you can't. The business and, and, the, and, the, and the seminary and Ornava. Ornava was, Ornava's already almost 23 years old. And Ornava and everything else you're doing, you, you can't do it. The worst thing you can tell Ray Wallstein is you can't do it. Because the minute you tell me I can't do it, that's when I try to do it. So now my office says, oh, you can do it. You can do it all the time. You can do it. So I don't do it. But anyway, so, all right, we made a deal. They're going to give me 12 therapists. It's amazing. A floor for free in their building. And I should bring the, the staff and the girls. Okay. So we decided this was in the, this was maybe in May. We're opening up September, but they, they told me, the Jewish board told me you can only have 15 girls max. Okay. We let the word out in the street. We're opening a high school. I don't think we even took tuition. Whoever wants to come to the high school or at Walsh's high school. And Baruch Hashem, we had a lot of applications, and we accepted 14 girls, and now we were only allowed to accept one more girl. The problem was that I had three girls that wanted to come, but I knew I could only accept one of them. And this is like a life-changing school, so who do I accept? All right, I sat there with uh, Chani Siegel, Ezra Max, three of us, and we're going to interview these three girls. I mom should remember it like today. First girl, two girls are sitting like in a different room. First girl walks in. She must have been at least a head taller than me. Tall, tall girl. Her parents, two heads taller than me. Both of them. Longer luxuries. Like, I was like, where do you end? Right? This girl, when I, I, I smile because I, I just, she's one of my girls. I remember her very well. This girl, had just been in three days in something called Jewstock. Instead of Woodstock, it was called Jewstock. Three days of drinking and drugging and music. And Mamish came from there to the interview. She was so high that she came and we're sitting at a table like this and she's sitting across from us and I asked my question that I'm still asking all these years later. Why do you want to come to my school? Why do you want to come to my school? She could barely lift her head and she's like, I, I, I don't know. I'm like, oh no. I'm like, well, well, you're here for the interview. Like, what do you expect to gain in my school? I don't know. Can I lay on the floor? So Ezra Max was sitting next to me. And I sort of gave him a little knee, and I'm like, I'm not taking a girl. She, there's no one there. There's no one there to talk to. She's not home. She's not home. At least clean up before you come to an interview. Like, you can't come high. Okay, Hashem runs the world, girls. Hashem runs the world. The parents, I said, okay, well, I don't want to tell them not accepted. I wouldn't do that to somebody. I'm like, we'll get, we'll, you know, it was Sunday. I said, we'll, we'll, we'll call you by the end of the week. We'll let you know if she's accepted or not. But I'm like, like on a piece of paper, I write, Max, no way. No way. She's not even, she didn't even clean herself up to come to the interview. Forget it. Okay. Parents get up with her. They pretty much pick her up. She's like very wobbly. And on the way out, I never asked this before. I turn to the father and say, by the way, how are your other kids doing? Like, this is a mess, but how are your other kids doing? And he says to me, this is my bas yeshida. I don't have any other children. I'm like, you have no other kids? This is it? 
Because this is my bas yichida. So, I cross out the no. On Max's paper, and I write, yes! We're taking her. I said, you know what? You don't even have to wait till the end of the week. She blew me away on this interview. She had all the right answers. Accepted. I remember Hadi Siegel was looking at me like, what? I'm like, accepted. Now we had two other girls waiting in the other room. They were clean. They were clear. And I said, you're also accepted. Well, now I had a problem. I had 17 girls, and I wasn't allowed to have 15. But I knew that never all 17 going to show up on the same day. <laughs> so they never knew we had 17 girls. Now, I want to tell you something. I had never dealt with girls that were high. And that day I made probably the biggest mistake of my life. What, what mistake? That I took her? No. Mistake was that I thought that if you're a bas yechida and you're the only hope of your parents, I have to take you. But in the 13 years of, of being in BCA, I have learned that a family that has 15 kids, every child is a bas yechida. It doesn't mean an only child. Every child is an only child. And therefore, whether she would have been an only child or had nine sisters, and had she had another sister or brother, I would have let her go. Because I would have said, okay, this one got messed up, but then you'll do okay with the next one. There is no such thing. Do you know where we learned this from? And it's Everything's in the Torah. It says by Yaakov Avinu, when Yosef was disappeared and he didn't know where he was, Rashi says that the family got together and said, if we all go together, children and grandchildren, to Yaakov Avinu, and show him, you lost Yosef, but look what you have. You have all of us. It'll be in the Chama. It'll make him feel good. Yaakov Avinu said, you think because all of you came that I'm not going to miss my one child, Yosef? I miss him as much whether you're all here or you're not all here. It's a Rashi. It's not Rabbi Wallerstein. So BCA is based on that every girl that walks through that door is an only child. And an only child needs a lot of attention. And that's what we give them. And it was a big learning curve for me altogether in dealing with Hashem's children. It doesn't matter how many. Every single one Counts. So my share tonight was short share. I'm not. I'm not going to keep you long. How do you become the father and mother, Mashiach? Mashiach Beinu. Mashiach doesn't come from Mashiach Beinu or Aaron. Mashiach doesn't come from Miriam. Mashiach comes from a Moavi. Girls, you know what a Moavi is? Moavi is the lowest nation in the world. We're not allowed to marry into the nation of Moab because they were the most immoral lowlifes that existed. They sent their daughters, their daughters 
their princesses down to Klyisrael in the Ave Moab to commit immoral acts with the Jews. I don't want to use the word that's used about them. And 24,000 Jewish men sinned and died. We don't like Moab. The Torah says you can't marry a Moabi. They're immoral, they're, their women are immoral, and their men don't do chesed. We went by, we asked them for some water and bread, and they said, no, we're not giving it to you. So we don't like them. And we're not allowed to marry them. You're allowed to marry an Amaleki. Amalek! You're allowed to marry a Mitzri. What they did to us, they killed our children, they threw them in the Nile, he bathed in their blood, you can marry them. You can't marry a Moabi. They're immoral. They're ingrates. They have no gratitude. Hashem says, I don't want that. You know where Moab comes from? I, I hate to be so real, but this is Torah. Lot went into a cave when Sidon was being destroyed with his two daughters. Older daughter and a younger daughter. The daughters went out of the cave and they saw that all the plains, all the land that they could see was burning. Sulfur was smoking. And they said, oh my gosh, Hashem said he wouldn't bring a mabel to the world, but he destroyed the world with ash and fire. There's no one left. Dad, there's no one left. There's you and the two of us. And if the three of us die, the human beings are gone off the earth. Worse than Noah. And they got him drunk. And the oldest daughter became pregnant from her father, incest. And you're making faces, but Rabbi Moshe Feinstein writes a whole tshuva on it, that because they did it to save the world, you're not allowed to talk bad about them. And then she went ahead, the daughter, who was with her father, and named the child Moav, Me'avi. The poor kid went to school, and everyone knew that his grandfather was his father. That's pretty sick. So why did she name him Moavi? It's terrible what happened as it is. And the answer is she didn't want a new religion to start, that she went into a cave and became pregnant from, from an angel or from God. So she said, no, don't make up no stories. Don't, don't start no new religions. I, I became pregnant from a human being. And Rav Moshe, there's a whole story of Rav Moshe. There was a man that used to make fun of these two daughters and whatever it is. And Rav Moshe said, and when he died, he suffered very much. And Rav Moshe said, and he said, he called Rav Moshe and he said that I, I saw the daughters of Lot came to me in a dream that they're waiting for me after I die to punish me. So they weren't Risham. Rav Moshe writes the whole truth on this. Now what's going to come out of that? What's going to come out of that girl? She puts on a resume. What happens? Who's gonna read, who's gonna read her a shidduch? Who's gonna take her to a school in the five towns? Or in Brooklyn? You? Are you kidding me? Look where you come from. You belong in public school. Who's gonna take her? I talk about this all the time. This is the essential part of why we read Rus. Rus, we read Rus on Shuas to tell us that Kabbalah at Torah to Hashem, any Jew from any Jew can come greatness, even from a Rus who came from Moab, who came from Lot. 
So listen to Boaz, and I used to tell Rabbi Ronnie Greenwald, we used to talk about this all the time. Listen to what it takes to be the mother of Mashiach and the father of Mashiach. And the difference that one second can take of holding on and letting go. So Arpa and Rosh married two Jewish people, Machlon and Mechilion, they both died. And now they're going with their mother-in-law back to Israel. Now you need to know that both Orpa and Rus were both princesses of Moab. They were the daughters of kings. And they're going with their mother-in-law, Naomi, back to Eretz Israel. Okay, so listen to what happens. She says, go home. Thank you for being with me. Go home, find a nucha in your house, marry somebody. She kissed them. And the three of them cried together. No! Papa said, no! Was said, no, we're going with you. We're going to the Jewish nation with you. They knew they were hated by the Jews, but they're going to go anyway. Naomi says, what are you doing? Girls, your princesses. Go home. Why are you going with me? You think I'm going to have more children? No one else is going to marry you. No Jew is going to marry you. So only my children will marry, but I'm an old lady. I'm not going to have any more children. Okay? So this is the second time she's telling them to go home. They started crying. Ladies like to cry. Right? Kissed. The army, the Rus, Dafkaba. Rus didn't kiss her. Rus held on to her. And Arpa went home. And the army's still trying to talk to Rus, you know, go home. And Rus says, Altiskabi, stop, stop, stop telling me to leave. Don't tell me to leave. I'm going with you. Ami, your nation is my nation. I'm not going to have time tonight to show you how this travels to David Amelech in spiritual DNA. Your nation is my nation. Where you go, I go. Your God is my God. Okay. And they come back to Beislechem. They come back to Israel. Naomi is very bitter. She lost everything. She says, call me Mara, call me bitter. And she tells Rus to go down. There's this cousin or this relative named Boaz. Now, girls, Boaz is like Rav Chaim like the Satmar Rebbe, like, like, like the Gadol Hadar. That was Boaz. He was the Rosh Bezdin, and he's the Gadol Hadar. And this girl, Rus, who's still a guy, she wants to become a Jew, but she's still a guy, comes down to the field. And I want to tell you what happened in the field. You'll see in the Pasuk, if you look at Rus, that Boaz tells Rus, I'll make sure that the boys that work for me will not touch you. So the Mephoshim say, why would they touch her? They were Shem and They were yeshiva guys. Why would they touch her? So the Medrash says, because she was collecting tzedakah, she was collecting leket, they said to her, you? You're a guy! How dare you take the food of Jewish poor girls? And they picked her up, and they threw her over the fence. The Medrash says that. They picked Rus up, she wasn't a youngster, and they threw him over the fence and said, get out of here. Can you imagine after 120 years, those guys come to Shemayim, and Hashem's like, 
Good job. You threw David Amalek's grandmother over the fence. Great job, guys. But that's what they did. They threw over the fence. Nobody wanted to have anything to do with this girl. Comes Boaz, Rav Chaim, the Gal Hador. Okay? And he says, and I, and, and I, I talked to, when I, when I talk to teachers, I always tell them this, that when he came to the field, what did he say? He said to his workers, Hashem Mimachem. God should be with you. He didn't say, are you guys working? Let me see what you did. Why were you late? Why'd you leave early last night? He said, he just said, God should be with you. When you have that relationship with your workers, what did they say to him? By Yermuloi, Yivarecha Hashem. Hashem should bless you. And I remember when I learned this, I changed my class. I used to walk into class, right? I taught 30 years, eighth grade boys, in Crown Heights Yeshiva. I used to walk into class like, straighten up that desk, with, put that food away. Let me see your homework. And when I learned this, I said, I, no, I didn't do it anymore. I would come into the class and say, guys, God should be with you. And they would say, Rebbe, Shem should bless you. What a relationship. What a different relationship. That's how you talk to your workers or your students if there's any teachers in here. You walk into the class, instead of telling them, do this, do that, you're late. But God should be with you guys. God should be with you girls. Yeah. God should bless you. Forget about, forget it. Let's do this at home. Mitch Shem, when all of you are mothers, Mitch Shem, your husband comes home, God, you should, or when he leaves in the morning, who should be with you. You should be good bad, Shefala. Wow, that's a different relationship when you talk to your kids that way, when you talk to your wives that way. This was Boaz. This is who he was. And now he's going to meet this Shiksa. This girl from the worst hated place in the world. What is he going to say to her? So, here's where he's He says the following. And many people in this world, they look at our kids who have ear, you know, five earrings and piercings and short skirts and they make a judgment call. They make a judgment because of their outside instead of knowing what's going on inside. So Boaz had guys like that. It's not something new. So he said to the boys working in the field, Who's this girl? She was very different. She didn't bend over to pick up the, 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 the wheat. She curtsied. Very, very tsnua. So he was like, Boaz was like, wow, like what place Yaakov is she from? Like, wh- where is she from? But the Kaitzrim were boys and they said, don't fall for that rabbi. She's a faker. She's a Malavi. They're lies. If she's curtsying, it's a trap. It's just a trap. It's not real. I'm going to sh- at the end of, in five minutes, you're going to see how important this is. So he says, okay. So the Nar says, Rabbi, don't, don't even look at her. She's a Moavia. Hashava in the army. She's the one that came back with the army. Remember the two boys that died? Yeah, yeah. her husband died. She killed him because she married him and she, he, he was a Jew and she was a guy. Just, just nasty things he's saying. Just nasty things. He's just seeing the chitzainias. Like Rabbi, don't, ah, she's curtsying. She, she's snooze. She's not sneers. It's a trap. She's a low life. Look at her. Look what she looks like. Father of Mashiach. Father of David Amalek. Great grandfather. But Toma, he says the following. First time he meets this girl. I heard about you, my daughter. He called this girl, who everybody despised and flipped over a fence, he called her his daughter. 
Beatty, my daughter, we speak to Rabbi Ronnie Greenwald. We used to talk about this Pasik to no end. You should be in Ganeidin and Shemaim, Amen. So it's funny, I was saying this to a group of girls like you, and a girl asked me after this year, it says Beatty, or you mean like Balchuva? I'm like, no, not BT, BT, it's BT, BT, daughter, not, not about Chuva. He didn't call her about Chuva, he called her my daughter. The girl had daughter, the guys are all standing there like, low life, Ugh, look at her. And he's like, come here, my daughter. And it pays off. And it pays off in BCA too, as the girl said. Listen, kid, this is mama's BCA. This is BCA. Listen to what happens here. Okay? I'm not saying I'm Boaz, but Rabbi Grossberg is. <laughs> she says the following. I'll tell Chilucho Basada Acher, don't go anywhere else. Don't go anywhere else. Stay over here. Fatipola Paneha, this poor girl who was thrown over the fence, falls on her face. Fatishtachu Artsu, and she bows to him. Vayoma Ratoma Elov, and she says to him, the question that I have been asked a million times in the ranch, in BCA, in the seminaries, and she asked him the following question. Why do you like me? Why are you giving me attention? What does that mean he liked her? What does that mean he liked her? So she says, and I said this in Baltimore, and they opened an organization after this word. She says the following. Why did I find favor in your eyes? Lahaki Rainy! You gave me recognition. When you give someone recognition, that means they found favor in your eyes. You called me BT? You recognized me? You accepted me? Many times in BCA, girls are like, you're going to accept me? I'm like, there's nothing you can do not to get accepted. So she was shocked. She said, I? You like me? You you accepted me? You recognized me? You look past the piercings and the short skirt and all the other colorful hair? You actually saw past that? No one in my life ever saw past that. Wait till you see what happens here. This is Rus. This is this is Shvuas. This is Kabbalah Satara. Okay, listen. So why? I'm a stranger. I'm a guy. Rabbi. Are you even talking to me? Fayan Boaz, unbelievable. I shake when I say this. Listen to what Boaz answered. You want to know why I'm giving you attention, I'm calling you my daughter, and I'm recognizing you? Because I know your pain. You know, everyone's like psychology and psychiatrists and books and all this other stuff. Girls, it's here. It's all here. You don't gotta read books. This is the book. You hear what he says? He says, the reason I'm recognizing you, the reason I'm calling you my daughter, because you're in pain. I don't see your earrings. I don't see the skirt. I see the pain. Is what he says, word for word. Listen. I hear everything that you did. That after your husband died, you left your, your parents in Moab. For Eretz Malad, you left where you were born. Your mamish Avram Avinu, You did what Avram Avinu did. You left everything behind. And not only that, Valtelchi, and where did you come to? El to a nation that hates you. You must be in so much pain. You're not accepted. They threw you over a fence. The Jewish nation hates Moabim. 
So Boaz, I see that. You want to know why I'm giving you recognition? You want to know why I care about you? Because you're in trauma. You're in pain. What happens when you recognize someone else's pain and you're there for them? He says, Hashem should pay you for what you're doing. That you came under the wings of God. Vatoma, and she said, I found favor in your eyes, Adoni, my master. Because you just consoled me. So we see that she really was in pain. She says to Boaz, thank you, you just consoled me. Thank you for recognizing me. Thank you for seeing past where I come from. And you didn't talk to my brain. You didn't give me a schmooze. Like, Moabi, get your act together. You talk to my heart. And that's what this school does. Every teacher, principal, every person in the school. It's from Hayyotim and Alev. Why are we successful? Because from that come out of your mouth, don't always go into people's ears. But words that come out of your heart, you can't stop it from going into your heart. You can't stop it. Your heart has no earlobes. You can't put your fingers in your heart. So she said, you didn't talk to my psyche. You didn't talk to my intelligence. You talked to my heart. And she made a promise, which I have heard many times in BCA. And she said to Boaz, I will not be like all the other girls. I will be a superstar. I will shine. I will make you proud. Wow, did that come true? Aim Hamalchus. Because one man saw past the Chitani at the outside. The Aim Hamalchus, the great great grandmother of Mashiach ben David, the great great grandmother of the man who wrote Tehillim. When you say Tehillim, know where he comes from. Don't have time tonight to go and show you all the different examples. So I want to end with this. An amazing lesson to understand who Rus was. So Naomi told Rus that there's a din of Yibam. Yibam means if someone's married and they're married to a girl and he dies and she didn't have children, so she is supposed to marry his brother to bring his brother who had no children's like children into the world. And if there's no brother, you go to the next relative. And there was a guy, Plony Almoni was the next relative. And then the one after him was Boaz. We knew that. She knew Naomi that Plony Almoni wasn't happening. So she told her to go to Boaz because Boaz is going to be sleeping in the wheat silo by himself. Go in the middle of the night, lay down by his feet, Uncover his feet, the blanket, and that means I want you to be the, be the Yibam, and then you're going to see what's going to happen. This was the worst thing that Naomi could ask for us to do, because Kleistro wasn't buying that this girl was modest. They were, this whole thing, she's a Moabi, she's a lowlife. The whole thing is a game. She's a faker. Now, if she gets caught, if she gets caught at night, in those days, if you a girl at night means you're a Zaina. So if she gets caught at night by anybody, 
Or if she goes into that silo, imagine if Chaim Kainesky is sleeping in his bed and some girl comes into his room and uncovers his feet. Ah! Oh, we're right about you! You are a low life! The whole thing's a fake! You just uncovered the Galadon's feet! You're a woman of the night! Naomi was asking Rus to do this. And she knew that if she gets caught, they're all going to say, throw her off, throw her over the fence. We should have thrown her into the ocean. We knew she was a low life. Would she go and put everything she stood for on the line? One person meets her. She's finished. Girls, she had sick Hakarasatov for Naomi. And she said, even if I lose everything and Boaz throws me out, because that's what would be normal if you uncover someone's legs, a girl's legs while he's sleeping by himself, and it's a girl, right? What do you expect to happen? She said, it doesn't matter if I lose everything. And now he looks at me like no more BT, but he looks at me like a low wife. If it's going to make my mother-in-law happy, she went through, she lost her husband, she lost her kids. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be mice and nefesh and lose everything I stand for for another person because I owe her something. That's what she asked, grandmother. And listen to what happened, and we'll end with this. Okay. She comes to the, she comes in the middle of the night. And the man was, was terrorized, was shaken. But he left it, so he wakes up. There's a woman laying at his feet. Go out door here. Now turn on me at. He had a reaction. He didn't say, get out of my room. You lowlife, what are you doing here? He didn't say that. He's like, okay, okay, let's see what's going on here. I'm not making a judgment. He's not a judgment guy. He says, who are you? You know what Rashi says? He, he said, there's no way that a girl would come do this to him. It must be a shindalad. It's not even a human being, Rashi says. That's what he thought. Are you a Shindalad? Like, nobody would come to my room and uncover my legs when I'm by myself in a, in a silo. He said, are you a shade? And listen to what he says. She said, I'm Rus, your maidservant. Could you do Yibam? You're the one that needs to do Yibam. But Yoimer and he said, imagine, he just woke up. Some girls at his legs, and he just wakes up in terror, in terror. And this is what he says. Brucha at Lahashem Biti. You should be your bench, my daughter. Machutzov, in the middle of the night, come into my bedroom. What are you doing? No, that's not the grandfather of Mashiach. You're right. You're right. Hashem should bless you. My daughter. And that was the relationship. And he ends up marrying her. And ends up coming from him and Rus. And just that one night, he died, he died, he died that night. He didn't even wake up the next morning. And Baruch Hashem, look what happened. Uboaz holidus Oyved. Boaz had Oyved. Oyved holidus Yishai. And Yishai holidus David. He was his great grandfather. And look who David Amelech became. So the lesson of Rus doesn't matter where you come from. It matters where you're at. And it matters where you're going. So people always talk about, are you, are you FFB? They don't ask me that, but they ask, are you FFB? 
Sounds like French fries well done, but I don't know what it stands for. Are you FFB? And I'm like, from from birth? Who's from from birth? I don't know any girl that's born with a long skirt. I don't know any guy that's born with a yarmulke and, and titsis and, and tefillin. It's not, it's not from from birth that counts. It's FAD, from a death. Doesn't matter where you come from. Matters where you're going, matters where you're at. And never think that you can't do what she did. Amazing what she did. And she promised, if you give me that attention, you care about me, I'm going to be a superstar. And every girl in BCA, I can say, they say the same thing. Rabbi, you help me, watch out. I'm going to change the world. Because they know what it means to be in pain. They know what it means to hurt. And when you know what that means, then it's much easier to help other people. I am very, very proud of our BCA girls. And I know that they say the same thing. They say, I'm not going to be just like another girl. Rabbi, teachers, we a superstar. And Hashem wants us to read Rus specifically. I always said, like, why don't we read the whole Yisrael? Yisrael was about tshuva. Yisrael was a, was a, was a ger. There's a lot of gerim. Like, why do we read Rus? And the reason we read, we read Rus is because David HaMelech, who comes from Rus, was born on Shuas. There'd be no David HaMelech if there was no Rus. So I want to give everyone a bracha that you should live up to your potential. And your potential is unlimited. If a girl who comes from Lot, who comes from Moab, who comes from nowhere, who's a Giyayres, can end up being Emamachus, I don't think anyone in this room understands what that what that means, Emamachus. It's a machlokas, it's Batsheva or it's her, but most of the Mephoshim say that it was her. And actually, Hello? I don't know if you know the story with Shlomo Melech, but the day the base of Migdash was opened, Shlomo Melech slept late. You know that? He slept late. The day that they were opening the base of Migdash, because he was that night with Bas Power, whatever. Whatever it was. So the Mepharshim say, and the Medrash says, that the Eim HaMalchus came into his room in the morning, I'll show it to you inside, tied him to a pillar, his great-grandmother tied him to a pillar, took out a tzua, a strap, and whacked him. And said, you think I came into Klyostrom and went through all this for you to wake up late on the morning of the opening of the Beis HaMikdash? And he was totally macabre that she was 100% right. So she was also a disciplinarian. So she had a lot of love, but she also knew boundaries of where you have to be and where you don't have to be. And it brings down that it was her. And that Rus lived very, very, very long. She lived all the way to Shlomo Melech to give him a little bit of a, a patch to wake him up. Everyone here has that kayach. You need to look inside yourselves. And you need to know that you can do anything and you can be anything. The guy standing in front of you right now, 
I grew up in Muncie. I was the least expected to succeed in anything except be an amazing drummer and an amazing hockey player. That would have been good. I don't know. You just you just have to believe. And and if you got up this morning, Hashem has nothing extra in his world, not even a blade of grass, not even a stone, not even a grain of sand. There's nothing extra in this world. So every girl that woke up this morning, I believe all of you did or you wouldn't be here. When you look in the mirror, you know that you woke up this morning. Hashem has nothing extra, which means that every single one of you, Hashem needs in his world today. You got to figure out why. You got to make your day worthwhile at night before you go to sleep. You can say, yep, you needed me. I made her smile. I helped this little kid. Whatever you did. I made a bracha, whatever it is. But if you wake up in the morning, that's what Hashem is saying. I need you in my world. Wow. That's crazy. There's a lot of people didn't get up this morning. A lot of people not here. They're not needed here anymore. Whatever. They're in the next world. But every girl in this room is needed. And therefore, every girl that walks into my high school, or to any high school, or to anywhere, if she's needed in the world, then we got to help her figure out what is she needed for. And that's the high school. And I want to thank you all. You should have a good yantiv. You should have Healthy children, long life, and only good things. And thank you so much. A good yantiv. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.